Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition. His name is Zach Lyons, also known as at FWordsPod on Twitter. My name is Braden Gall. You get to me on Twitter, at Braden Gall. And if you have any questions at all about any topics today on the show, can't imagine that you might, make sure you jump into the comments. have nothing to talk about. (laughs) Nothing to talk about. It's only an unprecedented week in NFL general managing history. And the complete direction and future of the entire franchise is now dictated on what is taking place this week for your Tennessee Titans. No big deal. No, no big, big deal. deal. No big deal. Zach Earth is the- shattering, timeline altering decisions were made this week. It is. It's exactly what happened. And so obviously, I guess we'll talk about the Jags game. But I think as you and, and Mike Herndon, by the way, check out football and other efforts this week. You guys did a great show. Uh, lots of uh, meandering conversations and details and minutia about all the different things that could happen with the Titans front office. Awesome stuff by you guys. So make sure you go check that out. Um, but man, it's hard to focus on the Jags game. <laughs> we got. Yeah, a high- I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the injury report. You got you got struggles there, and we'll we'll get into it all. But it's like, <laughs> do you really care about the fucking Jags game at this point? It's like almost fast forward to the off season because that yeah, is that's yeah. what it feels like yeah. right now. Of course, I've been on that train since like the bills lost that's true that's true fast forward to that offseason even more so now i i guess we can talk about the heisman finalists at some point we can do that yeah uh, sure. I, I suppose yeah. at the very end um let me so we'll get talk- like 10 minutes for all the, for those two <laughs> topics the jaguars game and the heisman game um there is a lot of stuff that we've got to talk about with john robinson being removed and there's a lot of angles of it there's a lot of what have you's and ins and outs and and lots of stuff to get to so of course we want your involvement Make sure you jump into the comment section there, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. We want to interact with you guys. So um, anything you guys want to talk about or direction you want to take this, again, we will talk about the Jags and the Titans game. We will talk a a touch on the Heisman finalists and why Hendon Hooker is not there. Um, But again, this is all going to be about the future of the franchise for the Tennessee Titans. And I have a question for the viewers that I want them to answer in the comment section where we're talking about John Robinson later. It's something that uh, someone else brought up to me and I'm like, Whoa, I think you're right. So I want to see what the the listeners think. So get, get, get your keyboard ready, get the chat ready, (laughs) get the keyboards ready. We got a lot of uh, things to discuss. I also have a question. Uh, My brother-in-law, by the way, uh, brother-in-law Ben W uh, asks, asked me an interesting question while we were driving around because he was, here and and it kind of all happened and then we started talking about it. i had to drive him to the airport and he asked me a really interesting question about mike vrabel that i have not heard asked and you and i have kind of touched on it a little bit but i want to ask you about about mike vrabel's uh coming up in just a second so before we do anything that of course kingston group and pharmacy are two great sponsors here on the show make sure you check out kingston group buildkg.com of course nationals locally owned custom home and remodeling firm if you're looking to remodel your front office like I do, I got an office in the front of the house. Go check out Kingston Group BuildKG.com. They are not some random collection of general contractors. This is a nose to tail operation. Okay. These guys, they do everything from the beginning to the end. They, they they lay it all out for you. They tell you exactly what's happening. They know exactly what's going on. And they would absolutely draft players that don't go to the senior bowl. So Kingston Group BuildKG.com. And of course, the pharmacy right over there on McFerrin Avenue in East Nashville. Great place to go grab lunch. You want to take the family. Great place to grab dinner on a Friday night. Great place to go have cocktails after work. I don't know if you've got some free time because you just got fired from being a general manager. Maybe you can hey, go hey, hang hey. Out. We already hang tried to pharmacy. get John Robinson to go to our sponsor in football and other F-words. You can't send him to another sponsor. <laughs> why, why is, okay, he, listen, listen. He's got a lot of time. When he gets, when he <laughs> generates a depression and he has an eat, generates an eating disorder, then he can oh, go... Wow. 
then you can go to a pharmacy and just shovel in mm. all the, the the burgers, much like uh, that. Uh, what's that guy on uh, Popeye from the old cartoon show? Oh, that yeah, yeah. always eat the burgers. You could be that guy. So is this intra pod burger rivalry? Is well, that I mean, I just if you're drinking your sorrows away, we've already we've already used that one on F words. So, oh, you, okay. Yeah. I right. mean, you, if I guess if he becomes an alcoholic. Then, then binge drinks. Then he can go to both places. I, I mean, just, who am I to judge? No, I, I just, judge? I just think that he has to eat lunch every day. So, like, you could just alternate. Yeah, and go to both. Like, you still have to just eat. liquid lunches, or it's all liquid at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um. So again, pharmacy East Nashville, great place to go grab dinner, lunch, bring the kids. You can get out of there for less than fifty bucks. You got the soda rail. You got locally sourced beers. You got homemade sausages. What else do you need in life, Zach? What else do you need? There buddy? is nothing more than you need a life than over. Because we were talking, there was a big discussion to get a little bit off topic, but yeah, bring sure, it back why to not? Ph- nothing, nothing happened. But bring nothing it happened. back to pharmacy. Is that um, we, there was this thing that pops up and is like, you know, it's one of those pick two for the rest of your life, and all the other ones have to go. And some guy picked Domino's and uh, I think KFC or something. And I'm thinking, like you fast food limit choices? yourself. You limit yourself if you choose those two. Because then you don't have okay. anywhere else to go. But pharmacy, you have all the options. You got salmon burgers. You got sausages. You got vegan options. You got everything that you need over at the pharmacy. They even key burgers if you want that. So um, there you have it. Let's start the show with Joshua. Fantastic article on Broadway Sports today, Zach. Very well written. Amazing job. Thank you. Many people are talking about it. Many it people. is. It actually is. It actually just a uh, petition just went up to make it free because right now it's behind a paywall. It'll be free tomorrow, technically, but put it behind. Know. Keep it behind that paywall, baby. Hey, people, um, all right. People love the article. What was it? So what's the headline of the article? This would be a great jumping well, they, off well, point. This is going to be a good uh, transition because it's 48 hours later. Thoughts on Titans firing John Robinson. And listen, you, you can see most of my thoughts on how we got how the Titans got to that decision. Where do they go from here on the article, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Getting inside. If you put in the code insider, 99 cents your first month. Like it's just a pay dollar. cents to read the article at this point. Like I, I sent it to some a few people that could play. Well, fortunately, it's behind a paywall. Well, it's a dollar enough for you. It's only unfortunate if you allow yourself to let it be unfortunate. Would you resign Jeff Swain for one dollar? Ninety nine cents. There you go. <laughs> um, you but this is what we're going to talk about over Archie. But first, people have heard my initial thoughts and reactions with Mike Herndon. We did a live shortly after the announcement. Then, of course, you can hear that on the pod version. You can also go to YouTube at BroadwaySportsMedia.com and the Broadway Sports YouTube page. But here. This is a football show. It's a totally different podcast. Yeah. With a totally different Mm co-host who may have totally different opinions. So I ask you, Braden, it's been 48 hours. What was your initial reaction and where are you at now? It it has changed. It, It has evolved. And I do think this is why it's important when major news happens in life or in sports that you you allow yourself some time to think through all of the stuff and all the different angles and all the different reasons why something could happen because my initial reaction and it doesn't change the like the, John Robinson is probably and I know this as someone who I say this as as someone who calls Floyd Reese a friend John Robinson's the best general manager in Titans franchise history. You, you can't argue with anybody otherwise. I mean, you can. Right. You, your argument is literally invalid because, <laughs> and we'll get to that later. I mean, right, we right. talked about it on football. And other but, but so I, I'm clearing my throat here because my first reaction is, was just utter shock and awe 
because every single good thing that has happened to this franchise in the last seven years, you have to start with the conversation with John Robinson. Now, is Mike Vrabel more valuable to this team? Of course he is. It's, it's a no-brainer. If it was a choice about one or the other, and we'll get to that, it's obvious which one you choose. You take the, the awesome coach because they're much harder to find. P full stop. Like, that's it. But but Mike Vrabel's not here. He doesn't exist. Ryan Tannehill's not here. The, every single good player on this team that you see out there making plays is here because of John Robinson, the franchise, seven winning seasons. I don't have to do all of this, but I feel the need to. So my first reaction was, I, this is shocking because I there's, there's so much risk involved in this. And that part of my opinion has not changed. What has changed is why it happened. What I have sort of worked through over the last couple of days, now two days later, was... I, like, why isn't John Robinson the right guy to trust to fix the offensive line, to trust to rebuild the roster, to trust? To, this is all the stuff he's already done. He's already done all of it for your franchise, and he did a great job of it. Great. The best in franchise history. So why is he not still the guy, the right guy to, to, to keep doing it? That was my first reaction. I am now a little bit more on, on seeing the, the slow buildup and degradation of decision-making over the course of, I'm still trying to pinpoint the exact moment. Maybe it's the Isaiah Wilson pick. I don't. I don't exactly know. I'm still trying to figure out the exact moment where I think it sort of started to go the other direction. Oh, I, I could tell you when. You you tell me tell me where you've pinpointed the spot when he let Jack Conklin leave in free agency instead of doing the fifth year option. That set a precedent. First off, they've been trying to cover to fix that mistake for three fucking seasons. Okay, they've been that yeah. mistake. Yeah. They've been trying to chase. For three seasons. That also set the precedent that he does not use his fifth-year options very often. In fact, he's only used it once on any of them. And you can argue whether he should have or shouldn't have on certain players. But the fact that he maybe shouldn't have used his fifth-year option means that he did a terrible job drafting that player in the first place yeah, and evaluating yeah. that player in the first place. So to me, the Jack letting Jack Conklin go was the, was the domino. Now... I could go that, that back was, even earlier, but well, that was at the know. end of the 2019 season end following the, the, AFC, following the follows, AFC championship game, right? Listen, don't have to draft Isaiah Wilson. If you would have, if you would have done the fifth year option on Conklin, bought yourself another year worth of negotiating and testing out whether he can give you a full season. Cause there were injury concerns and it's kind of like a trial period. Like that is a free trial period that he basically threw in the trash. That McAfee uh, virus protection, he's just like, no, nah, I'm just going to throw yeah. it in the trash. Even <laughs> I can use it every time. Uh, so, and, and so that is the point. There's no Isaiah Wilson if there's Jack Conklin. So if that, you're going to say Isaiah Wilson is the point, then you have to go back. Why did they draft Isaiah Wilson in the first place? Well, I, I think that's valid. I think that's a fair argument on your part. They could have taken a really good player with that pick, though. And then we don't. Ha then it's not Jack Conklin. Um, and again, to your point, medical issues there. I I'm okay kind of with anybody pointing out a specific time. This had no, like people saying it was the AJ Brown trade is wrong, in my opinion. It's, people, the, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes. Like the, the repercussions yes. of the AJ yes. Brown trade. It is AJ Brown is a piece of this. Mm -hmm. what, what it is, is a cumulative effect of decision making that had lost the confidence of ownership and, in my opinion, the head football coach. Where we we we're at a crossroads, Zach. We're at a crossroads, says Mike Vrabel after the game. We're at a crossroads, and what the thing that has changed in me is st like it's not that I didn't know Isaiah Wilson and Dylan Radens and Caleb Farley and the AJ Brown trade and 
the offensive line shuffling that you would want it all season. They do it in the defensive backfield. Like it's not that all of that. I didn't know all of that. You just start to think about the cumulative effect of all these decisions. And my opinion today is a little bit more understanding of Amy Adams Strunk making the decision. If in fact she solely made the decision, which I still think is up for debate. I'm a little bit more okay with the decision. The thing that has not changed at all in 48 hours is the amount of risk involved in this move and that you have the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And John Robinson is the devil you know. You kind of know what you're going to get. You know what he's good at. You know what he's not good at. We, we kind of have a feel for it. And he could have been, he could be significantly better than anyone else they go hire and put in that role. He might be, he might not be. And it's huge. It's a huge risk. And I'm going to use a college football analogy because that's what I do, right? Everything's college football. Mark Richt at Georgia won 10 games every single year for the better part of 15 seasons. He recruited top 10 recruiting classes every single year for 15 seasons. He was a very, very good coach. One of the best in Georgia history. Top 10 recruiting classes and 10 and 2 wasn't good enough for Georgia. But they were shooting for a really tiny bullseye above that, right? They're shooting for 12 and 0 and top five classes. And they happened to hit the bullseye with Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart happened to be the guy that could take them from 10 and 2 to, to Nick Saban in Alabama. And that is what Amy Adams Strunk and Mike Vrabel are attempting to do in this decision. Is they are John Robinson's pretty damn good. They are attempting to go up a notch. And that is a very risky proposition. It could work. I don't think it's just a notch, though. I, th I think there is a... We've talked about this on the show this whole time, or the, for this whole season, that there is a considerable gap between where the Titans are at, roster-wise, versus where the upper echelon of the NFL is, right, is at. And that's basically because that he has neglected, really neglected, Let's let's be honest here, now, I know he's addressed it, and I know he's drafted A.J. Brown, who, guess what's no longer on the team? <laughs> and I know he drafted Corey Davis, who no longer is on the team. But there is a myriad of other decisions that he has made at the wide receiver position dating back to 2016, Braden. And in Don't you talk mind, about Richard Matthews that way. And I, well, we'll get to this in a minute. <laughs> but in my mind, it's not about just, obviously, Super Bowl. But to get to the Super Bowl, there's two or three layers, uh, levels this team has to jump through to really get to the Super Bowl and be considered Super Bowl contenders. Uh, that's and fine. Stay contending. That, that's so I'm I totally. I'm, but, I'm good with you saying it's not just one notch. What I'm saying is though, yeah. going from number one seed in the AFC and multiple time division champion and seven consecutive winning seasons, like you're shooting at a real small bullseye. Well, I'll say like, this. Uh, what, what about look at what the Titans did uh, uh, in twenty after 2017 when. Their uh, win a playoff game on the road, fired their head coach. Now, and, and I, I just, I've heard, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, but I'm just saying you fire the head coach and you got better. And you know who fired and made that decision to do all that was Amy Adams Drunk. You know who was involved in hiring the head coach, Mike or uh, John Robinson and Amy Adams Drunk. Now you got Mike Vrabel, that turned into a thing. Now you have Mike Vrabel who surpassed and outperformed his counterpart in the front office by a wide margin. Let's be honest here. It's not even close. This except, idea. Except in the playoffs. Uh, except in the playoffs. But that's. <laughs> John they, Robinson. That's, but you let can't me say blame something. him for that one. <laughs> well, yeah, you can because it's Ryan Tannehill, right? Throwing interceptions. Who got Ryan Tannehill either? Anyway. 
Well, so let me well, I, the malarkey. Well, let me, well, let me can I address the malarkey thing real fast? Well, like, what's the, I mean, what's there to address? I think it's a bullshit comparison. I, I, don't, I, think I, it's even, I don't think it's even close. I think fans saying, "Look what happened with malarkey and Vrabel." This is right. It's not even close. Malarkey was a stopgap, retread, proven commodity. He had been a he'd been fired previously. He was a coach that we knew exactly who he was with no upside whatsoever. That is well, not Robinson, that is not the same has, as Robinson. Listen, Robinson has no upside whatsoever either anymore. I mean, well, let's be honest. Let's have an honest assessment about John Robinson. The reason why this team keeps losing in the playoffs is because it does not have the players it needs to win. He is in charge of the players that need to win. He hit a plateau. And unlike Bud Adams, Amy Adams Strunk decided, hey, I'm not going to let Floyd Reese stick around, and I'm not going to pull this team downward while it's still sort of competing, but it's not, and then create horrible cap situations, which this team has been up against the cap quite a bit. And paying for players like Bud Dupree, who are good, but they're overpaying for him. And, and I am and sure. I am a big, you're a big Bud du- Dupree guy. Yeah, you're a huge but Dupree guy. He is overpaid. But so in my mind, I'm thinking now you got Mike Vrabel, now you got Amy Adams Strunk, and they're picking their GM. If you think that Mike Vrabel's outperformed his old GM, now he gets to choose his GM. That's how well, I view it. And, and that is it. That ultimately is the only piece of analysis that actually matters. This is all now on Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. It's all on Mike Vrabel. And and I, somebody, we got a lot of questions in the comments, so let's get to some of these. One of them is it mentions the Downing DUI. Yeah, nothing to do with any of this. Uh, unless to do unless with it. unless it comes out that he shoved a beer bong down Downing's throat and <laughs> bullied him into taking and drinking whatever alcohol he was, and said, "Hey." You have to drive this car 100 miles per hour all the way home, and then you have to no, get pulled no. over and all that kind of stuff. Then it has nothing. No, to and Kyle Downing is a grown ass man who made his own yeah, grown ass yeah. man choices, and he has to live with those consequences. Uh, uh, it's uh, utterly unbelievable. I cannot believe even Stillman has brought this up and turned this into no, a narrative no, I, where ev- other people are talking about it. It is fucking I was, ridiculous. I, Zach, I'm not even kidding. I was just at a charity event. Um, for the charity that I work for. And a couple of the guys were like, do you think it has anything to do with like all this other stuff? I'm like, look, if there is anything that is sorted about this, like there's an incident somewhere or something with, that John Robinson did, then all of our analysis goes out the window and we, we have to address that particular issue. But as of taping right now, none of that has a fact. There's nothing and he there. Says, but if they were drinking together, well, I bet you everybody on the plane was drinking together. It has nothing to do with you Todd Downing's You don't think Mike Rabel's DUI. cracking a cold one if he Dude. sees someone else has one? Like, let's give me a break. And, and listen, why wouldn't it if, be on Mike Vrabel? Why wouldn't and, it be? Mike Vrabel's right. the one who has Todd Downing here. And let not, me tell you, not if they were Robinson. all drinking together, who do you think would be the scapegoat in this situation? The general manager or the shitty ass <laughs> offensive coordinator? <laughs> right, right. So that that's one that's one question. There's another question about. Sorry, Brian. I didn't. I don't. I don't want <laughs> we you, love you Brian. like specifically <laughs> yelling at you. It's just that like it's something I heard Jared Stillman talk about yesterday, and I heard him on Joe and Robbie and Rickshaw this morning, and it just like it was just it just got up my crawl. You, I, you the shit rolls downhill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's and I basically do, what I'm trying to say. The, there, there's a couple different. There's a couple major. Could he, th- listen, could he have gotten drunk and dropped his trowel? And that maybe that is the whole situation. That's what I'm saying. That totally could be. But if it has jo- nothing if, to do with Downing's DUI. If John Robinson did something completely inappropriate or illegal and is the reason he got fired, then all of the analysis about his ability to be the general manager goes out the window in two hey, seconds. Listen, now, let, let me throw out something. Now, John Robinson was not mentioned to be in the car with Todd Downing. 
But if John Robinson was driving the car and then they him and Todd Downing switched places, sure. That is a totally different situation right. than what we're talking about. All right. Uh, th that, that, to me, that would qualify as something so like so outside of the realm of yeah. the job description. Yeah, that, I mean, like, this is about two things. This is about your ability to build a roster in the NFL and your potential disagreements with the head coach. The power well, I don't struggle. Think it's potential. I think it's exactly those 100%. are the. This is about. That's those are the only two things this is about. Now, Joshua asked a question for you guys. Looking at this roster, how enticing on a scale from one to ten would you say the Titans' general manager general manager position is in the NFL? And and I would say first of all, like Amy Adams Strunk has said, it's it's sort of a double edged sword. Clearly, she wants to win big and is willing to spend to do it. That's a positive. She also is, she also did something that no other NFL owner has done in 22 years in the NFL, which is fire a GM in the middle of the season before Christmas time. Well, so that's the middle of the season. It's in sorry, season. sorry, yeah, but like it's not happened in since since like 2000 or something that this has taken place. The timing of this is extremely bizarre to me. Oh yeah. Uh, um. So that's I, a I, I that's a part it of it. Does have a lot to do with the, I th here's what I think, and I haven't heard anybody talk about this. Braden, I'm sure in the radio business in your career that you've gone to work dreading to see possibly a co-host, possibly a producer, or possibly another employee at your work and said, man, I just really do not want to go in and see that guy. And you have to work with him, right? You have to talk to him. You have to do yeah, this. Life. Kind of yeah. And your bad attitude or your negative attitude or dreading that situation infects everybody else, right? So if Vrabel and John Robinson seriously had disagreements and Mike Vrabel's having to get up there week after week while John Robinson avoids the press all season long, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> having to answer all these questions for what John Robinson has done, then he's probably tired. He's probably pissed off. And when he goes into work and has to go into a meeting or come out of a meeting with John <laughs> Robinson, it probably affects everybody else <laughs> else's life. Okay. Okay. Uh, why don't you clear your throat? Take a little sip of water. I'm, I'm going to, I'll answer Joshua's question, which I think it's, it's pretty attractive because Mike Vrabel is a head coach. So you're going to, you're going to win games. You got a pretty good defense. Nashville's a great place to work and live, and the Titans are willing to spend money. So I, I think it's a you know again you're in a good division where you can if you just do a if you just have a moderately good football team you're probably for the foreseeable future going to be the the favorite to win the division at least for a couple of years. So I think it's a pretty I think it's a really good job. Also, there's only 32 of them, so every single one of them is actually extremely enticing. I do think who ends up being picked. Because I don't think anybody actually knows who the real candidates are. We can speculate about names, but like no one's actually reporting so-and-so is an interview and so-and-so is going to be interested and so-and-so wants the job. We know that John Stryker Stretch would want the job. If it is, in fact, him, we to me, we know this was exclusively about Mike Vrabel wanting this to happen, in my opinion. And the fact that Amy Adams Strunk has not spoken publicly about this, if it is all her decision then she needs to be the one answering questions about this. She has to be the one calling the press conference instead of putting your head coach out there to answer a bunch of questions that he is not supposed to have the authority to answer. To me, the imagery, the optics, PR, whatever you want to call it, this was a, this is to me, all this says is that Mike, this is a, almost a Mike Vrabel decision. And, yeah, I, and it, I, that's speculation on my part, but right. that is what this looks like, is that Mike Vrabel did not want John Robinson on his team anymore. And that's it. And if you had to choose between the two, we all agree that Amy Adams-Strunk made the right decision. 
I, th- I think there's a lot to it, and I do, and I think that the the comment that Vrabel made was that he kind of find, found out when he everybody else found out. It was essentially what he said. He was not consulted. He Miss Amy Adams, Miss Amy told him, and that that was that. I think that's totally complete utter bullshit. I am not buying that. I'm not buying that he was not consulted or asked his opinion whatsoever about firing John Robson. Now, whether he instigated it or not, I don't know. Wouldn't but it be in? Wouldn't it be like? completely mismanaging an NFL roster to not talk to your head coach about it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, I just don't buy that. And yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, here, here's, here's where I'm at on this whole, what did Amy know? What didn't she know? Because, you know, of course the Schefter report came out and people can't understand English and misconstrue all the words <laughs> that were said. She felt like she wasn't part a part enough of, bi- of the big conversations. She wasn't really involved in them and she wanted to be involved. Okay, that's fine. You're the owner. Get involved. Yeah, like, right. Let, me, let me say that first off, <laughs> that you are the owner. If you want to be involved, you need to make yourself involved. You need to be present, and you need to be at the meetings and all that. That That's the first thing. The second thing is that if you can't be there and you ask your GM, hey, how's the A.J. Brown stuff going? He's going, oh, it's pretty good. You need to be asking some follow-up questions, right? Like, here's where I'm at on what I think actually happened. Because people are like, well, she was in the room. She she knew A.J. Brown was going to get traded. I think that she knew that the A.J. Brown conversations were stalling. And then, boom, right there in front of you, he's making a trade. He's he's finishing up the trade, right? He's not making a trade. He's calling him, and he's on the phone, and you only hear one half of the conversation, right? He's calling uh, Howie Roseman on the phone. He says, okay, that stuff we talked about the other week. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger. That's how it's not like he John Robson called Howie Roseman in three minutes did a full fucking trade. Right, right. Like, come right, on, people. Right. You know, like she probably was just and got the contract hard. and got the contract signed. Yeah. Like the new deal done. And by, then <laughs> and then people are like, Well, she, you know, shook his hand and you know, she, she was smiling. Yeah, there's fucking cameras in there. What's she supposed right, to right, do? Right, right, I mean, she's not right. Mike Vrabel, right? I mean, like women men are very reactive. Women are like you mean were the emotional sex? Because I, well, I, agree. I, 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 no, I agree with you. I, I mean, agree with sorta, you. Sort of, but like what I'm saying is, is that she's smiling, but underneath or probably under her breath, she's telling John Robson, this better fucking work. This better not fucking backfire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This better not fucking backfire, John. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like that's what she's doing. Like you, uh, you I'm going gonna, gonna to cut off your, uh, you yeah. know what, uh, to win a Super Bowl too, buddy. So, so like this idea, I, I feel like if Miss Amy, I feel like Miss Amy was, she did felt, feel out of the loop but i also feel that some of that is her fault for not staying in the loop yeah, and that yeah, could I be why that. she's buying a 300 acre uh, land to be here be more present during especially during Three, construction especially during all that 333 acres at forty two thousand dollars per acre in williamson county where can i sign sign me up dude like i 42 grand an acre that's incredibly cheap in Williamson County right now. Um, here's here's so Occam's razor is the theory that the guy who needs a copy editor can't be the guy who slanders others' understanding of English. I don't have a copy editor. I literally write my stuff and post. It. I know. I, I think he's saying you need a. I think he's saying you need a copy. Oh, editor. I, I would, need one. I would argue uh, uh, every single writer in this city needs better copy yeah. editors, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, here, here's the other thing. Occam's razor is the theory that the most obvious thing that is is that has happened is probably the thing that happened. The most obvious answer is probably what actually happened, which is we had two and a half years 
of questionable decision-making that eroded the confidence that Mike Vrabel and Amy Adams Strunk had in the guy making personnel decisions that has resulted in an offensive line with questions and the receiving core with questions and draft picks that don't work and an A.J. Brown trait. Like, the most obvious answer is probably the answer, which is that Vrabel and Adams just didn't trust him anymore to be in the position he was in. And so they fired him. That's it. Like, it's probably not any more complicated than that. And you don't need to it's like really work not. yourself. You don't need to work yourself into conspiracy theory. Yeah. Like that stuff's probably not, you know, Look. any of that stuff probably doesn't matter. Now, how much say did Mike Vrabel have? I think we will learn based on who eventually gets the job. And you use the phrase veto power on F words. Mm -hmm. If Mike Vrabel has veto power and stretches the GM or they hire somebody from in-house then it's to me that is the signal that Mike Vrabel was far more involved in the decision making than than he's letting on, and I'm okay with that. Like again, this is all on Vrabel. Yeah, the whole future of the franchise now is on Vrabel and Strunk. Full stop. Yeah, you know, I, I, I here's how I felt now, 48 hours later. Uh, is and <laughs> how do you? Feel? Well, I mean, there's a lot that I feel. I'm a I'm a I'm a feeling guy, but you know, I I look at it and I go you. You know, I have probably been one of the biggest John Robinson apologists on the internet, on the airways. Me and me and Mike for me sure. Me too. Me too. And, yeah. and listen, I do think that John Robinson is the best general manager the Titans have. And I did always think that he was like a top five, top ten GM. But I think wins really inflated the job that he did. And and I get that. Okay, well, you can't have wins without players, and he got the players. But I think I look back because this is kind of it's not revisionist history, but it is kind of revisionist history, right? Like, and we, we you, I know you want to talk about that, but there were signs even in 2016 that this guy undervalued the wide receiver position, right? And we all just chose to kind of ignore it and kind of said, "Well, next year, well, next year, oh, next year we'll find one." And it took really to 2019 to find the alpha, and then he fucked up the negotiations, as well as A.J. Brown took advantage of him fucking up the negotiations. Takes two, yep. It takes two, and he's gone, right? And yeah, Burks is probably that guy, but he's also got to stay healthy, right? Like all the other rookie wide receivers are staying healthy, but he's the only one having issues apparently staying healthy. But that's a that's you know. I mean, it's not his fault that he right, but I mean, there you know, like it's just it's just luck. There's some kind of luck around here. But you look at 2015's pass catchers, okay? The year before John Robinson took over. Kendall Wright, Harry Ugh. Douglas, Justin Hunter, Doriel Green-Beckham, Trey McBride. God. In 2016, it became Kendall Wright, Harry Douglas, Andre Johnson, Richard Matthews, Tajay Sharp. This should have been a huge flashing neon sign that says, hey, RGM, John Robinson, does not know how to evaluate wide receiver talent and he has a rookie wide or a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, and he chose not to build around him. He chose a fifth round pick, the highest guy that he chose to draft on, and he chose a perennial number two wide receiver to try to come in and be the number one wide receiver. Uh, this was this was an it, this was a sign that we all should have known that I did not recognize it at the time, and I'll be quite honest. Well, this I would is a sign. I, I think that that's a little. Known. I think the Corey Davis draft pick uh, maybe is more for that for me. I I think. The roster was in such bad shape when he took over. Again, five and twenty-seven. Everybody knows. I think he prioritized certain things 
I, I think that's pretty revisionist to say that. I mean, Richard Matthews had like two of his best seasons here. I, I would say that they didn't have, they had like, they brought in Ben Jones at that point. Like they had to fix everything. <laughs> so I just think they didn't prioritize the wide receiver position. That, that's the what I'm saying. That's an issue. But I think you have to build trenches out first. And that's, uh, again, I think that was, I'm okay with that decision. Drafting Derrick Henry, drafting Kevin Byard, like drafting Jack Conklin and signing. And Kevin you know, Dodd ben, and Austin Johnson. No, like, I'm, listen, there's misses, but every, every, GM, every GM misses. Every, I don't wanna, every GM, I don't though, when they, typically the good GMs, when they get a, a quarterback on a rookie contract, they do everything they can to build around that rookie. They, they, whether it's offensive line like they have done over the Cincinnati Bengals, whether it is um, and getting all kinds of pass catchers for Joe Burrow, and then you have, um, oh fuck, well, I'm, a, I'm forgetting <laughs> somebody that Justin uh, Herbert. I don't know, like no, but I mean, you build around you build around your rookie quarterback, and he didn't do that. Now, unfortunately, Marcus had other issues, and Marcus is already getting benched by Arthur well, Smith for the second it, time. His arm, died, his arm died in Miami. Yeah, so. but he never really did really aggressively build around his rookie quarterback. So either he didn't like Marcus or whatever. So Which, I mean, but but I, my thing is is that this is a this is over his stretch, he's always undervalued the wide receiver position. And that and is an that, issue. Oh, that's totally fair. I don't think there's any reason for us that to is go the, back. That's what who I was looking for. I don't know why I forgot Jalen Hurts. Yeah, yeah. I and Josh Allen and Tua. I, I don't see any benefit or value to going back and relitigating all the decisions. Well, I'm not relitigating. What I'm saying is, is that this has opened my eyes. I was drinking two-tone Kool-Aid. Okay. And and I recognize that I made a mistake when I put my full support behind John Robson because I solely focused on wins and didn't really dive deep into the decisions that he was making because you look at this here's what i'm saying but you got that's how you got to look at it right it's not revisionist history but is he the greatest general manager and and they had seven straight right. winning seasons yeah and they were but a i mean is that a really a low bar to clear like i mean look at the general managers that they've had no no i agree but i'm saying like like that's the so, thing it's like winning the afc south oh wow you won the afc south of 2022 big this whoop. is this is a really weird argument because i'm defending past zach against yeah. future present Zach. I'm saying past Zach was right. I don't think anyone was wrong to say that John Robinson did a brilliant job taking a franchise from complete irrelevancy and five and 27 to hiring Mike Vrabel. And but it could have been better is what I'm saying. This may, could maybe, been, this could but that's the way you fire This could, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He got fired because he plateaued. And when people talk about his draft classes, they only talk about, well, the 2019 and 2022 versus the 21 and or 2021, 2020, they don't bring up the 2016 through 2018, which is really where awesome. your depth issues have all started <laughs> from. No, I see. Depth issues right now stem from the 20, the decisions they've made and not keeping certain players from 2016 to 2019 and not drafting certain players for 2016, 2018. Those three drafts have just as much cascading effect as anything else that he has done. I, I mean, I, Jack Conklin, Derek Henry, Kevin Byer, David Long. Jack Conklin's not here. I'm, I'm just David saying Long's they were all 2019. Good. You can't include him. Derek Henry, okay, okay. Derek Henry, Kevin Byer's what you got. Okay. Those are the best safety and best running back in franchise history. I, 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 you're yeah, not going to hit mean, on every pick. You're not going to hit yeah, on every but that's pick. That's two so. out of a lot. <laughs> like, right. I mean, like you got to say on Brown, Jay Brown was a hell of a player for this team. And then and, he got hurt. So I don't, I, got again, hurt. I, again, this is what I don't like. I think we have to agree on certain things, which is that 
He w- he did an excellent job. He plateaued. They, it, Amy and, and Mike felt like it's time to move on. That that like he if plateaued we go, because of these draft classes, though, Braden. Like, I'm not the, disagreeing. I'm not yeah. disagreeing with that. But but hits and misses, like we can go on and on and on. I think every GM in the NFL has a bunch of hits and a bunch of misses, and I I, I get all of that. I, what I am far more interested in is what does this team look like moving forward? And here's the revisionist history part. And it, it happened with Ryan Tannehill when when everyone was like, oh, I told you, Ryan, they should have gone to Ryan Tannehill. No one knew that Ryan Tannehill was going to have the greatest season in Titans history or the greatest season in Ryan Tannehill's career. The regression was very obvious and has happened. Um, but no one was like, like, if you think this is a great move and it turns out to be disastrous, which is very possible, you don't get to change your mind and vice versa. If you think this is a terrible move and it works out for the Titans and they win a Super Bowl, you don't get to change your opinion without saying you're wrong. You're like, you yeah, have yes, to admit yes, that yes. you were wrong. I was <laughs> yeah. wrong. Yeah. You know, like what I'm saying is I was, I was wrong to right. just sip the NJ Rob, we trust Kool-Aid instead of being a little bit more critical because really, honestly, I want everybody to woosah for a moment. This is my question. This is the question I'm going to ask everybody. Woosah, take a deep breath. If you're listening, if you're watching, take a deep breath. Breathe with one, me. One, two, three, Breathe four. Out. out one, two, three. <laughs> if Ryan Tannehill hadn't bucked his career trend and been what he was in 2019 and been what he was in 2020, would John Robson have a second contract? I, I think it is a great question that I have spent a lot, to your point, rethinking your own sort of perceptions on this because I am also in J-Rob we trust. He's done a brilliant job, blah, 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 blah. If they don't get extraordinarily lucky with Ryan Tannehill doing that thing mm-hmm. that no one thought was possible, that no one thought there was any statistical indication was possible, are we still having this conversation today or did we have this conversation two years ago? Exactly. And I, I actually think there is a lot to that question and to that point. I think there's a lot to that because the outlier for Ryan Tannehill <laughs> is not the Cincinnati game. <laughs> the outlier for Ryan Tannehill statistically was 2019 in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. I think that's a very real question and it might've bought John Robinson two years. Like, and look, general managing you know. is a lot of luck and a lot of unlucky. Like it's, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's a little, it's both because I mean, you, you could have known if you would have done a branched out of your research, probably that, okay, maybe Isaiah Wilson is really not a personality fit. You may not know that he would have gone crazy, but he could have gone crazy on someone else's team. You maybe <laughs> could have looked at the medicals a little bit harder on Caleb Farley. Now, I still believe that Caleb Farley was a good pick. I'm never going to change that. That is called revisionist history. If I were to say, oh, that's a terrible pick. It's a terrible result, but I think some of that is luck, right? I mean, because yeah. I mean, he just never put it together. Now, it's unluckiness. And then you look at A.J. Brown falling. You look at Jeffrey Simmons falling and turning in, and overcoming his injuries. And you look at Ryan Tannehill. Like, Ryan Tannehill is probably the luckiest thing. Now, you also make some of your own bad decisions that aren't de- predicated on luck. And I go back to two trades that I still today find them to be more egregious than A.J. Brown trade. Trading a fifth for Dennis Daly. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> and and trading um, up for Des Fitzpatrick. And I have said both times that those things happened, those yes, trades happened, that I hated them. 
Yeah, and I knew, and I looked at my wife in the car when that trade bell came up and the Tennessee Titans traded up and we're driving to her parents' house. I looked at my wife and I go, I go, yes. And she goes, what? And I go, they're trading for Amon Ross St. Brown. They traded up to get him. No doubt in my mind that that is who they're going to get. He is a J-Rob guy. They block. He's physical. He he's really great, is. great, reliable, <laughs> wide receiver. That's the guy. He's a five-star kid in high school and college. Like He's been great his whole and life. They, they said Des Fitzpatrick, and I had to research when I got home to yeah. find out who Des Fitzpatrick was because he wasn't even close to being a fourth-round draft pick, much less a seventh-round dra draft pick. And here's the thing. The next stage of all of this is what's next besides, you know, obviously the GM. But how much weight is going to be given to the Senior Bowl now? Like John Des Fitzpatrick got drafted because John Robinson saw him at the Senior Bowl in a COVID year. What about undervaluing the importance of wide receivers? We know that Mike Vrabel has said that passer rating, no turnovers, winning the trenches is basically how you win games. Priority. Well, to get passer rating, you have to have good wide receivers. So maybe he's going to value wide receivers a little bit more. Are blocking skills going to be the number one priority at the top? Or are you going to draft playmakers and teach <laughs> them to block? Being okay with adding players coming off major injuries. That's something that J-Rob's always been okay with. Whether it's signing, drafting, it doesn't matter. Does that go out yeah, the window? You actually get healthy people. It's why I'm rooting for Odell Beckham to be the first thing the new GM does. That's not a cornerback yeah. from like wherever the hell he's from. Um, just because it would like break people's brains would explode. So I wanna I wanna I do want to look forward a little bit on this because again, we we sort of understand the stakes here. This is all on Vrabel now. Um, they're all like it, not that it shouldn't be, but it all it, it is, and it's that's the way it should be. Um, I, I, I want to ask you one question, and my brother in law brought this up to me during all of the stuff that was unfolding on Tuesday. And I was driving him to the airport, and he's a huge Titans fan, and he listens to the show, he loves you. Not the other host, he's not a huge fan of, but he loves you. And he says, Do you think Mike Vrabel is cerebral? And my response was, like, How are we defining that in football terms? Because he is incredibly um, knowledgeable about the rule book, like just off the charts, knowledgeable about the game. He's incredibly um, psychologically evolved as a teacher. I think he's really evolved that way and how to lead people and pull things out of people and develop people. I think he's really great at that. But we sort of know famously that he's not big into the analytics. He's got a little old school to his game. Do you think Mike Vrabel is a cerebral head football coach? And did he define it solely on analytics or did he just kind of leave it open? No, he sort of just left it open. Well, I, I agree with everything you say. And I am going to throw something out there that it's, I uh, believe I was, I don't know if I was talking to Josh about this or Kyle Fulton on Twitter. Um, but someone asked, uh, what gives you hope that Vrabel is going to open up analytics? Because me and Mike had talked about that. Maybe this could be a, a little nudge towards analytics, right? Now, we know that Mike Vrabel has kind of said, you know, pretty much kind of dismissed analytics, but we also know the Stretch is in his ear, and Stretch is a big analytics guy, right? The fourth mm -hmm. down decisions yep. Yep. and yep. all that kind of stuff is coming from Stretch. And guess who is top 10 in success rate and making the correct decision among <laughs> NFL coaches on fourth down? Mike Vrabel. So, I, I say this, John Robinson has been way more of a harsh critic towards analytics in the public when he has spoken. Yep. And he called it like, he went back to like 1970s and all this shit. Like he, he went back. Now I know that John, that Mike Vrabel 
has said that for 25 years, you win this way. Passer rating, um, no turnovers, win the trenches, run game, all that kind of stuff. Whatever his formula is. That formula is based in analytics, guys. I know that it sounds very prehistoric, but that is based in analytics. Yeah, yeah. And that is something... I'm not saying they're going to have like a full-blown like analytics department with like 15 people cranking out computers and all that. I do think that if Stretch gets the GM position, I do think that there's going to be a little bit more analytics, but we'll never really know. Isn't that the thing, though? We'll never really know how far into analytics they ever go because this is a tight-lipped organization. I do think he's cerebral, cerebral, and I do think he's smart enough to know what they need to do to get that Lombardi trophy. Yes, and I, I think that's the right answer, is that he knows that, I think he's smart enough to know that analytics are a part of his decision-making, which I think is the right amount. Like, analytics should just be a part. It shouldn't be the only thing. It shouldn't be nothing. It should be a part of your decision-making. Sometimes when to go for it and what call, play to call is completely gut instinct. I, I am curious. I'd like to know how much of, like, the X's and O's scheme on defense is Mike Vrabel personally responsible for designing and implementing, or is it more Shane all mostly Shane Bowen and his position coaches bringing like, he has sort of like, you know, front multiplicity and coverage consistency or whatever. Like he's got his core philosophies and then he wants his coaches to then go and draw plays specifically to execute things. And he said this on offense. He's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I have some mild input during games. I might want to go this direction on this drive or that direction on this drive. He kind of does it as a CEO up at the top. So I, I just was curious what your answer would be to that question because I think there's, I think it's far more gray area than he lets, than Mike Vrabel lets on. I, I think he is. He's involved in everything he's now. So, and he's very the, smart. The minutia details and stuff like that where, well, I'm going to draw this play and this guy's running this route in this particular play and we're calling it Spider X, right. Y, Banana, Memphis Tigers, Evanescence, <laughs> you know, whatever. Evanescence. Yeah. Got a guy right here. I was, you know, <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, <laughs> but like, that's all the, the coordinator's stuff. The guy that comes in and says, okay, you see how the Eagles are playing this kind of defense. This is how we need to attack them. You guys got to come up with the game plan here. Right. I want to get this guy involved. Let's get this guy involved. Let's get this guy out of that position. Move him over here. Let's try these things. That is Mike Vrabel. Now, does that mean, you know, to me, Mike Vrabel has said all year, we've kind of just shrugged it off. Right. And you talked about this earlier about the contention. We've kind of just shrugged it off. But do you remember? And it was brought up to him, and he's like, You're gonna have to show me where I said that. And I almost wrote a whole article going back <laughs> on Twitter and finding everything he said. Oh, yeah. I almost did that. But he essentially told Ed Werder, What the fuck do you expect us to do? Who the fuck were we gonna throw it to? And he's told reporters on press conferences here in Nashville, What do you guys, what do you guys don't get? This is how we have to win. And I'm not saying this team is going to become like the fucking uh, St. Louis Rams back in the day or even the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. But they want to be more explosives, right? I mean, his thing yeah. is about X plays. You got to generate a lot of X plays on offense and limit X plays on defense. And they can't generate a lot of X plays on offense. And how they're going to do that is very important for this team to succeed. And I know everybody's like, well, if you hate running, if you hate how much they run the ball now, they're going to run the ball even more. I maybe they will the rest of the way this year because they don't really have a lot of options right now in the passing game. But I think you're going to see a totally different offense next year. Now, 
we have seen with Todd Malik Downing. Willis running it. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, listen, and this goes to this question uh, to from Brian. But now moving forward, but how do you unfuck the overpayment of Tannehill? The overpayment with Bud Dupree, fix the O line problem. Blah blah blah. Look, this is not that 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 hard, guys. And and I'll and I, I say this and all because someone asked this question yesterday. How you can't because someone said you can't keep Simmons, Tannehill, and AJ Brown. That's why they let AJ Brown go. Well, no, you you can. Like the trust me, you could do it all. You release Bud Dupree, save you nine point three million dollars. You release Robert Woods, save you twelve million dollars. Release Zach Cunningham, re- nine point two million dollars. Cunningham, Taylor Cunningham's done. Yeah, release Taylor Lewan, fourteen point eight million dollars. Release Jamarco Jones. I just threw him in there because he's a loser. You save one point three million dollars. <laughs> that gets you to twenty seven million dollars and twenty seven point four million dollars in cap space right off the bat. And those are obvious cuts that you can go ahead and do. Then you extend Ryan Tannehill. I know that's what nobody wants to see, but Ryan Tannehill is at least sticking around for at least two more seasons, more than likely. And when you extend mm. him, you'll probably save anywhere from 10 to $20 million in cap space in 2023. Now, in doing that, you're talking, and then the cap raises, so you're talking about anywhere from 47 to $50 million in cap space. Okay. That fixes everything for this team. Yeah. And and it makes it so much easier for the GM. And I am telling you guys right now that Mike Vrabel is tired of having to answer the question, well, how why don't you guys pass the ball? Like, like, yeah. He, and yeah. I'm not saying he's gonna turn into Josh Allen and right, get right, all this right. other stuff. It's gonna be a passing attack similar to 2019 and 2020, where you had Corey Davis and you had AJ Brown and you had Derrick Henry and you had a good offensive line and you had Ryan Tannehill. Look, look, the Titans want to win a Super Bowl. That that is very clear. There are a couple of big things that have to happen for the Titans to likely win a Super Bowl. The reality is they didn't trust John Robinson to do those things, which is probably draft a franchise quarterback. I'm not doing this in any particular order here probably draft or find a franchise quarterback for the next 15 years, completely overhaul the offensive line. Like there's just certain rework Jeffrey Simmons contract, like, like give him the extension. Like there's just things. There are big steps that are coming for this organization that they just didn't trust John Robinson to make. And that's it. Like, that's it. It's not more complicated than that. It it is what it is. And now the next person is going to be responsible for all of this, and we'll find out how much Mike Vrabel is involved in those processes. Uh, he'll be 100% involved. Right, like, right, like right. To be honest, you, you got to remember that unless they're going totally outside the box, like totally outside the box with a GM candidate that Mike Vrabel has no experience with, yep. it's going to be someone that works with and knows John Robinson. Or, or sorry, Mike, sorry, Mike, Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. Yeah, yeah, My, yeah. Sorry, Mike Vrabel. It's gonna yeah. be someone that he knows and he trusts. So it's gonna be someone that can draft talent and is simpatico with Mike Vrabel. Uh, one of the guys that I put out on a list of external candidates was John Carr, who crossed paths with Mike Vrabel in, in the Houston Texans. And he is currently the director of player director of scouting and director of player personnel over at um the New York Jets. He is that's a good draft. director. And that's director, a good draft. Oh, picks. <laughs> yeah. Outside of Zach Wilson. Outside of Zach Wilson. <laughs> and we don't know where he stood on Zach Wilson. That'd be the first question I asked. Where was your input on Zach Wilson? Like, what did you think yeah, about yeah, Zach yeah, Wilson yeah. when yeah. you drafted him? Because you were eventually going to have to have a guy 
that can draft you the quarterback of the future. Yep. This guy, I really like. And one, I watched an interview this morning of him, and I wish I would have watched it and put it in my article. But I watched an interview with him, and he said, I sat down when I first got hired as director of college scouting for the Jets. I sat down with every coach and every staff member. We're talking every assistant, every everything. And I learned what they're looking for in a player. And I think what has happened is that John Robinson and Mike Vrabel had a lot of overlap as far as what they were looking for in a player. Yes. But based on the draft picks of some of the guys that John Robinson has brought in, traded for, and signed, I think there was a lot of a lot of stuff where they did not meet eye to eye on. And I think whoever this guy is is going to have to be on the same page. And that's why I think it's going to be someone he's familiar with, either in-house or someone that he's familiar with external. But I'd be happy if it's someone from a team that he has no experience with that has that Mike, but Mike Vrabel's picked him. Like Mike Vrabel has to be, it has to be a unanimous decision between Mike Vrabel and Amy Adams Strunk, in my opinion. Can I just yes. be Amy Adams Strunk overruling Mike Vrabel? Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I I agree with all of that. Um, I do think the timing, and I know Mike Herndon on your y'all show said this is all about ramping up the time to to scout with players and to talk to players. And uh, I guess to me, because again, this is largely unprecedented in the modern NFL, has not happened before Christmas and since 2000. This is very unusual. Um, it's obviously, you know, the Philadelphia situation and the owner's box and the AJ Brown trade and all that other stuff is just the straw that breaks the camel's back. In my opinion, uh, after years of sort of, again, degraded trust in his decision-making, um, I do find it interesting. Like, I don't think the Titans scouting staff is in a better situation today to go scout players than, than they were without John Robinson. I don't think they're a better situation to win games today, unless your point about like office place dynamics is like that important, which maybe it is. Um, I do think if they think they've got their guy in house, because there's two guys, um, uh, the guy Ryan Cowden, of course, and then Monty Monty Austinfort, who's a a commodity on the, the GM world. And then of course, stretch. If they think that those three guys can be in charge of personnel, then okay. I'm not as worried about it. They don't have to re, you know, build their entire scouting department or whatever. I think those three guys. I, I think, it. yeah, I think whoever, let me, I'll just be honest. I think whoever comes in needs clean house in the scouting department. Unless just John Robinson just really just ignored all the work they did and made his own choices at the end of the day, because the, the scouting department sucks uh, from an objective view that we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I think, you know, you could say these last drafts the majority of the drafts of the majority of the people that are there they're kind of stinky I, I, ironically 2022 notwithstanding could yeah. be a bunch of bunch of good players in that draft class but but you're right we don't know just like we don't know exactly if amy picked up the phone and said mike look uh, do we make the move on john robinson or not and then mike says yes we got to do it i need more of this 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 and this and this whatever like we're never going to know about that conversation if it did or didn't happen maybe we're not going to really know like did the entire scouting department say, John, I don't think we should take Isaiah Wilson. And he just said, screw you guys. <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we really don't know. Because, it's just hard I mean, to know. It's hard to know. I, I'll say this. Let me, let me do two things real quick before, because I know we got to get where you got like five minutes left. We still got the fucking Jaguars and the Heisman. Yeah, look, it's a, it, listen, here's the, here's the, here's the Heisman talk. Oh, by the way, Kingston group pharmacy, two great sponsors. Go check them out. 
awesome businesses, locally owned and operated in, in Nashville, serving you folks. So go eat at pharmacy. And if you need something with your house, go to the Kingston Group. Here's all you need to know about the Heisman conversation. Henry Hooker should have been a finalist, and I'll tell you my vote on Monday. There you go. Right, I like it. And I agree. I agree <laughs> with you that he should have been a finalist. And even if he's like number five by like three votes, he should just, just fly him out there. Okay, anyway. Um, two things. <laughs> Heisman talk Stretch. done. <laughs> Stretch. This idea that he can't do the GM job because he's never scouted before, I think it's kind of bullcrap. And there's two reasons for it. One, he's been director of football operations for two colleges where he has to go out and recruit and scout high school football players. Okay, so that's one. And he's done that for four years. I know college is on a different level and all that kind of stuff. But same same skills. It's the same right? skills. It's same the same skills. skills. Yeah. Two, we don't know exactly what he's been doing this last five years when Vrabel goes down to pro days, when Vrabel goes down to combines, when Vrabel goes down to the senior bowl, what is Stretch's job? He's We know he's the assistant to the head coach, and he's got some fancy title as well on top of that, but he's right there, right? So what is he learning? What is he picking up on? What is he doing with John Robinson? Is he the facilitator between John Robinson and Mike Vrabel? And he's doing <laughs> stuff with John Robinson and coming over here. We don't know. Third, uh, John Lynch, anybody? Oh, John Elway, anybody? Both GMs that were former players that had no experience or just as much experience because John Elway was, uh, I think it was the Colorado Crush uh, football operations CEO guy before he became, which is arena football, before he became GM of the Broncos. Both guys did not have any scouting background. Are you calling John Elway a great general manager? No, I'm just saying, well, he got Super Bowl, didn't he? I mean... I don't know. He drafted a lot of shitty players. <laughs> uh, drafted a lot of good players. He just traded. I'm, trade. I'm just saying you don't have to have experience. So you got John Lynch is on the other side. You're totally ignoring John Lynch. Who is no Lynch is Lynch is great. I'm, I'm all I'm in. So I'm all in. I can't stretch. Yeah. Who actually has experience that everybody's wanting to ignore. But I want to throw something out there, and I think I haven't thought about this. And Brian, Ooh. who has been an all star in the chat today, yeah, put this Way out. Go, Brian. It's Brian number one. Jim Schwartz. I thought that's a little interesting. What if Jim Schwartz, that it's a possibility. Now, I'm not saying it's like a high possibility or there's some conspiracy theory that Jim Schwartz is, was brought in with the promise of being a general manager or anything. But there is a guy mm. who has scouted players, maybe not in the sense of how other people scout players, but he's been a head coach. He's been a defensive coordinator. So he's been assistants. He's been in the league a long time. He has ties to this franchise. And he's been kind of just chilling back there. So I don't hate it. Interesting name to throw out I, there I've... just among all the internal candidates that nobody's talked about. So kudos to you, Brian Spivey. I'm probably going to, uh, or Spivey, I'm probably going to uh, <laughs> steal that here soon. I, I, I don't hate it, but if you have John Stryker, who is regarded by almost everyone as a future general manager, and you have another guy, Monty O, who is getting interviews fairly routinely the last couple of years, right? To be a general manager. I, I feel like those are your top two candidates. Yeah. And you got a guy right now in Ryan Cowden, who's already doing the job currently. Which I so, thought was interesting that he was at a press conference right next to John Robinson. So you would think that he was the right hand man for John Robinson. And he's the guy that Vrabel and Amy picked to be interim GM. Cause I'm definitely throwing it out there that Vrabel and Amy picked the interim GM. And I love, and I love, that he got rid of Tory Carter and other people that were underperforming for this team right away. Right away. <laughs> yeah, here's here's what I would say. 
I don't think Ryan Cowden has a chance to be the to, to get the job. But the reason you pick him is because a you're probably not going to hire him, and b and there's there's a counter argument to this because you want to give him a trial run, and that that's the counter argument. But you want things to stay as uh, stable as possible in the shortest of short term, right? Five games, playoffs. You want to keep it stable. You don't want things to be disrupted so much so that the whole organization is like in chaos, right? So you have a guy who sort of knows both worlds, right? Vrabel and Robinson, and he can be he can play that role. Um, and, and then again, you go on and you move on and you you evaluate the other two guys in the organization that feel more like real candidates for whatever reason, right? So um, I don't know, man. This is it's a wild week. It's it's completely franchise defining. It is like the next four four to six years of Titans football have now been changed forever. Yeah, permanently changed forever. I really thought he was going to get another another year to try. I agree. To I agree. Line now, I didn't think he was going to live out his contract or anything. I mean, I had faith that he could do the job, but obviously, behind closed doors, things soured that we are not privy to. And Vrabel and Amy Adam Strunk both agree. Yep. That to get to that next level, to get to that Super Bowl, they need someone else, and they already have someone else in mind that's I, what i think i think I tend to this agree gm search is going to be almost very uh mike malarkian in how much of a farce <laughs> it is because yeah, yeah, they know yeah. who their gm is they're going to interview some people and unless someone completely wows them yeah they're they got their guy already and and again just to remind everybody vrabel and robinson as of february extended the exact same number of years on their contracts together mm -hmm. in lockstep and just for it to have soured since February. Um, a lot but, of culmination of yeah, things. Yeah. Like, it's not yeah. just A.J. Brown trade. It's right. the, the offensive line. It's probably the the way that they're scouting, the players that they're choosing, the free agent decisions. It's probably a lot of different things that Vrabel probably had say in, but he didn't have... John Robinson did probably the opposite a lot of what he wanted. Yep. And there's uh, a lot of things that, you know, he did get. He got Jadavian Clowney, right? And, like, he got Jonathan Joseph. He got certain guys that you could tell were variable guys. This should spell the end of Jeff Swain, Cody Hollister, Mason Kinsey, and Dennis Daly. You keep saying, I, I heard you say that on F-Words, like, these are all J-Rob guys. I'm like, every player on the team is technically a J-Rob guy. Like, every single well, I mean, one Mason of them. Mason Kinsey went to the same college or same high no, school no, or whatever they I fucking know. went to. Well, and like, some of these guys, you just kind of know that when... Mike Vrabel said, hey, I'm re-signing Jeff's, or John Robinson said, hey, I'm re-signing Jeff Swayman. And Mike's like, okay. And then he sees that's for $3 million, and then he basically has saddled him with no other blocking tied in <laughs> that Mike Vrabel's like, fuck. Yeah. Jeff Swayman well, is, is the real reason he got fired. Two, two things can be true, and I've kind of come around on this. Two things can be true. He, John Robinson is responsible for where the Titans organization is today as a successful, winning, relevant division championship franchise that is john robinson's gets credit for that there's no question about it and also the other thing can be true that they are making a huge risky decision to shoot for the stars go for a super bowl championship and do better than what john robinson has done the last few seasons they can all these things can be true and this is what makes sports so fun and so great is we have no effing clue whether or not this is the right move or a terrible move we can all agree that in hindsight, it'll always be 2020, but, but we just don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen. And anyone who does, they don't know. They don't know if it's going to work or not because you just, 
it's sports, man. It's it's what it's makes sports. it so fun. You guys were great in the chat, by the way. Just phenomenal job, all you guys being involved. We appreciate all you guys listening, rate and reviewing Kingston Group Pharmacy for supporting us. Go check out local business or whatever. Uh, do you want to spend like a minute on the Jaguars game? <laughs> yeah, here's the thing is that I'm not sure if Trevor Lawrence is going to play and you should be rooting for Trevor Lawrence to play because he is hobbling and everything, but you you need one of Christian Fulton or Trey Avery. You cannot yeah. afford to miss both of those guys, and you really can't afford to have David Long miss at all. A, a sentence I did not expect to hear on the show today. You can't yeah. afford to miss Trey Avery. Well, if you're missing <laughs> Christian Fulton, you have to have at least Trey Avery, right? right? I mean, right, like, right. You can't miss both of them, especially when you're going up against, and I don't have faith in Trey Avery to cover Christian Kirk or to cover Zay Jones. But you're going to need him to if Christian Fulton's gone. So the big thing this week is to pay attention to, obviously, the injury report. The injury report today, later today on Thursday. Probably going to have a lot of rest days, a lot of guys on rest. You know, Jeffrey Simmons was limited on Wednesday. Probably going to rest today. Probably gonna maybe even rest Friday. But Friday's the big injury report. You want to see if maybe Traylon Burks was able to put in a practice yeah. today. Yeah. Because remember... Traylon Burks has to go limited practice, full practice, clear a medical check. So, and the medical check has to be the next day. So, if he does not limited practice today, and it goes He's from done. Saturday to yeah. Sunday, uh, Saturday, it, it's really slim. It's probably slim anyway. Same with Trey Avery, popped up with a concussion. So, you got to be really rooting for Racy McMath, Christian Fulton, and David Long because this team can yeah. still beat the Jaguars even without Traylon Burks and even without Trey Avery, they could definitely beat this team. I'm not, I'm not scared. And even really, if all those guys are gone, Mike Vrabel's not losing a game coming off the week that first off, he's already lost two and that he already lost embarrassing enough to the Eagles, the former wide receiver and the week that they fired the GM. They ain't fucking losing this game. No, I tend to agree with you. I just, am, I, I would be fascinated to know how John Robinson will be watching the Titans game on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. and 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 if they get and if they do lose, man, what a celebration that guy's gonna have. <laughs> if, uh, if they do lose, it's because he didn't provide enough depth, so we can at least point to John Robinson for that loss. Yeah, the, the gift that keeps on giving. There's yeah. no question about that. Um, Kingston Group, right there, of course. Uh, we got the pharmacy right there. Two locally owned businesses. Pharmacy, of course, for great burgers and beer and brats and hang time. You just go have some great lunch, go have some great dinner. You got the Kingston Group, of course, uh, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Make sure you check them out. If you're going to make any big, big decisions about your house, don't do it until you talk to the Kingston Group before you spend any money on any renovations or buying or selling a house. You need some questions answered. Just talk to them. Uh, they will take care of you. And uh, I think that's about it. Check out the F-Words pod. Great conversation with you and Mike Herndon. Uh, if you want more SEC and, and Heisman Trophy talk and SEC championship and playoff talk, which we didn't do any of today, of course, make sure you check out Fringe Element podcast. We've got all kinds of great stuff up there uh, on uh, the Heisman Battle. We'll be back on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. Man, what a wild, <laughs> what a wild week. I was off the road when I heard it on the radio. What like, a wild like, week, man. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us. All the great comments, man. We really appreciate you guys. Rate, review, subscribe, share the product, share us on Twitter. Tell somebody about the show. That's how we grow it, man. It's because of you guys out there listening and paying attention, and we really, really appreciate it. And uh, Brian says he just found us today. We're great. Thank you. And top commenter of the day, too. Yeah, top commenter so of the top, day. This is what happens. 
We we we're fine scouting listeners. We're we're really yeah. good at scouting. No problem. Uh, Zach, where can people find you real quickly here? Follow me on at Fwords Pod. You can find all my written work, which I have articles out today, and I'll have an article out Saturday. And I'm also doing the injury reports for Broadway Sports Media. I'm, I'm trying to give you a little bit of analysis on the injury reports instead of these loser websites that just throw it up and just say, "Oh, well, I'm just going to repeat everything that's on here." A little nope. bit of analysis on there. I want I want extra analysis on every groin injury on the Titans roster. Just I may start getting into like research on groin injuries and say, well, if it's a groin tear part, you know, 3.0 uh, or something, and then it, or if you tore this muscle in the groin, or if this is a little bit of a strain, you know, get into some that. scar tissue down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not good. It's not good. Uh, for Zach, I am Braden. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday, one o'clock, right here on a football show.